Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunar. Welcome back to Apply Filters, everyone, for episode 38. Uh, today, we want to talk a little bit about uh, business validation, kind of looking at if you're building a commercial plugin uh, and it's a, you're building a plugin that you want to sell and you want to put out there, how do you kind of validate the, the business model behind it? Uh, will you have a customer base? Will you be able to sell it? In what? How do you want to sell it? Kind of like what model do you want to go after? Uh, and we want to just look at that a little bit from our own perspectives and our own experiences, uh, and hope to to share some of those experiences with you. First, though, uh, Brad, I believe you just got back from MicroConf, which sounded like a really cool conference. Uh, is there any highlights or anything you'd like to share with us before we get started? Yeah. Uh, so MicroConf is a uh, so it's a business conference, but it's like it's like the uh, antithesis of like the VC kind of way of starting a business, <laughs> you know, like the typical go around asking for money, a bunch of money, and then start a business. You know, I'm going to be the next Facebook for dishwashers or something, you know, uh, <laughs> like it's the antithesis of that. Right. So it's people that, you know, might have a full time job and are trying to you know, do something on the side and, you know, to not have to work a full-time job to work for themselves going forward and, and you know, maybe even have aspirations to hire people and start a full, full-on business. Um, so it's really cool. Uh, I went last year and I just took away so much. I just had to go back this year. And it was, again, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal conference. And uh, just, you know, little takeaways uh, that you get in the sessions and just and just chatting with everyone. I mean, it's just I've just got a, a list like probably with 20 things on it that are just things to do <laughs> this year. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's it's definitely worth attending if you if you are thinking about starting a business. How many how many people were there this year? Uh, I don't know. It seems like there's like 300, I would say, but I'm really guessing. I, I so not, not super large, but not no. really not tiny either. No, it's, 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 um, it's just like, yeah, a good size. I think, um, I definitely didn't get to see everyone, like talk to everyone. <laughs> it was bigger than that, but, uh, I felt like I got, you know, maybe 25% or something like, you know, you get, you move around quite a bit and, and it's, it's kind of like back to back like everything is just like i went to vegas and i got like two eh, i probably got 10 minutes of sunshine the whole time the rest was just like indoors <laughs> you know i mean that's partly my fault for going you know flying in you know the day that it starts and leaving the day that it ends but but still it's uh it's pretty packed like there's not uh there's not a lot of like downtime which is a good thing right yeah, there really there shouldn't be at a conference. Not yeah. if you're going to go and get your money's worth. Yeah. So, and the the WordPress uh, contingent is definitely growing as well. I noticed that this year there was uh, a lot more WordPress folks and folks that have been in the WordPress space for uh, a long time actually uh, started to show up. Whereas previously it was more kind of guys like me that are kind of just getting started. Um, so that was really cool to see. That's awesome. Yeah. So, man, what have you been up to? Uh, well, over the last two weeks, uh, we've finished up uh, Affiliate WP 1.6 and finally got that shipped, which had been a couple of months in development. Um, and so that was a nice little relief to get that done and kind of take it easy after that. Nice. Uh, I think, That's I think a we shipped it out. Ma major release, is it? Yeah, it was. It was It was 
probably one of the larger ones that we've had. Um, and we actually ended up shipping it out on the one year anniversary for affiliate WP. So oh, that was nice. fun. Yeah. Um, it was kind of cool to like look back and see, okay, over a year we've had six major releases and something like 25 point releases. A little birthday um, cake in there somewhere. Yeah. I think, I think we put a birthday cake image on our post actually. Oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, I, uh, and, and, it was and, our, uh, our, uh, anniversary, uh, yesterday. We uh, for let's see, would that be two years? Two years. Migrate DB Pro uh, was released two years ago yesterday. So that's excellent. Pretty uh, yeah. It's, it's I never really celebrated these milestones until I kind of saw you doing it. I was like, that's kind of a nice thing to do, actually. I think it's a good opportunity to kind of look back and see um, what you've done, uh, both good and bad, um, whether you want to look at it financially or just like how you've changed as a product, as how your code base has changed, how your team has changed. Um, so we actually, we had Affiliate WP, which was on the uh, the 8th, and then we had EDD's three-year mark um, two days ago. Yeah, I think on the 14th was right. three years for EDD. Um, and so that was fun. We got to kind of step back and look back over a year and then over three years of what's changed kind of look back at highlights and and not highlights. I wonder if it's a pat. It seems like there's a pattern here of like launching in spring. You know what I mean? Like you slave through the winter on something and then and then uh, it's ready by spring kind of thing. Or something. I know that I at least do everything in spring and maybe I don't know if that's intentional. That's just how it's happened. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I feel like I launched Restrict Content Pro in spring as well. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just kind of a natural, I don't know. Maybe like you get, you, d you get done with the holiday season you start kind of sitting down and focusing during winter. And then uh, as things are kind of warming up, both figuratively and literally, you want to get productive and push things out. Yeah. I've heard um, Canadian entrepreneurs uh, use, use the winter as like a, a plus here because, for starting a business and running a business huh. because, you know, it's, you know, it's horrible outside, right? It's yeah. super cold and, uh, you know, probably rainy sometimes. And so, you know, it's, it's easy to stay in and work when it's so crappy outside. Whereas yeah, like if, if you, you know, if you were in California or something, you know, it's pretty much nice year round, right? So but they don't ever get anything done there because it's always <laughs> yeah, nice. Exactly. Exactly. I, it must be really hard to be in a startup in San Francisco, you know, because <laughs> it's just nice. If you, like, if you the like the outdoors, at least. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, do you want to move on to business validation? Yeah, talk a little bit about, about this. So, how did you validate the idea? Uh, so easy digital downloads. Or actually, Restrict Content Pro was before Easy Digital Downloads, wasn't it? Yes, it's uh, one of the oldest for me. Right. It's so, it's like four or five years old now. So how did that come about, and how did you like validate so, that it was a good idea to, to go forward? Well, so so for me, each one of the major products has been different. So Restrict Content Pro was done differently than EDD, which was done differently than Affiliate OP. So I might kind of go through each one and mm -hmm. look at them, because I think each one has valuable um insights that we can look at so for rcp um that was built purely for my own purpose uh i was that was right when i was starting pippinsplugins.com i wanted to start writing tutorials i wanted to take a membership i went and found the membership plugin from code canyon at the time and just found it was not what i wanted it it, it kind of hinted at the features that i wanted 
but felt very incomplete to me. Right. Um, and at the time, I, I was not aware of any of the other membership systems that we have now, some of which were actually around then. Um, and there was a couple of them that I just chose not to use. And so I decided to just build it myself. And then I did. And then at the time, I was starting to, to release more and more plugins on Code Canyon. Uh, and I had built a couple that were reasonably successful. Uh, and so I just decided, yay, let's throw it on Code Canyon and see how it does. Uh, and that was as much business validation as it had. It was building it for myself and saying, hey, I built it. Let's try and sell it. Right. Uh, and it worked out well. So uh, it, was, it's, it was kind of a scratch your own itch kind of thing. It was, kind of it was thing. very much a scratch your own itch type right. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you needed it anyway. So why not like build it so other people can buy it yeah. from you too? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I had already managed to get some success with selling plugins through Code Canyon at the time. I had a I had a, an image slider up there. I had a post types plugin. I had a couple other little small plugins and, and they were doing reasonably well. And so some of, I guess I could also claim that some of the business validation came from simply knowing that there was a marketplace on which to sell it. Right. Um, right. As and opposed to try and put it on my own site and selling it, which would be a little bit different. And you said there was another membership plugin already up there. Did you there was look at their company. numbers to see if it was... I did. Uh, and at the time, uh, they had they had reasonably good sales, uh, mm-hmm. at least in, in my opinion. And so I knew that there were customers buying membership plugins on Code Canyon. Right. Uh, and I felt that I could make one that was much better uh, and I could try and do well. And it actually ended up, uh, it surpassed theirs by quite a bit in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I think that's just because it got built out more. It, it it ended up having more features because I built the features that I needed to have that that one didn't have when I tested it. Right. Um, what are now, some, is, is there some like, isn't there some like people with high profile using Rooster Content Pro? There are. Um, so one of the examples that most people in this world would know about is CSSTricks.com. Mm. Chris uh, Coyer. They, yeah, Chris Coyer, uses his, uh, lo- the, it's called The Lodge, runs on it, uh, which is his membership section. Okay. Um, there, there are several others as well, but they're less known, uh, at least in this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'd be the main one. And so, and that's been fun for me to, to see it validated in that kind of scenario as well. Right, and I imagine it's being used quite extensively there. <laughs> he probably gets a lot of traffic. I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, just based on his site, mm-hmm. uh, we actually had we in it, we migrated his site for him. He used to be on uh, a member. Wait, is that right? Yeah, I think he was on. I think he was on a member, and we moved him to RCP. Right. Um, yeah. There's definitely so, some room for improvement uh, when you're yeah. talking about a a member. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, unfortunately, it's a difficult system to move away from. Yes. Um, moving, moving subscriptions from any system to any other system is difficult. Yes. Uh, and it's not something that is particularly enjoyable. Yep. But it can be very rewarding. So um, going back to, to business validation, so like, comp- let's compare, uh, like you asked about EDD at first, mm-hmm. and then we jumped to RCP. So that one was actually very different. Uh, so that, well, not very different. So... It started the same way. It started by still scratching my own itch. So this was this was about two years after RCP, maybe a year and a half, and I decided that I was starting to get tired of selling through the marketplace, and I wanted to build my own site. I wanted to sell through my own site. And at the time, I didn't really like the e-commerce options that I had, and so I actually built a really tiny plugin that just ex- allowed people to pay for a plugin through Stripe, and then they got a download link. Right. Um, still available on GitHub still there, but it was never released on .org or anything like that. Um, but so I built that 
And that to me was kind of my initial testing ground for what would become EDD is selling my own plugins through it. Uh, and it, it worked pretty well. Um, but there was more validation to it than just scratching my own itch at that point. Because then once I had built it and realized that I really wanted it, I started kind of re reaching out, asking people, hey, is this something that you feel is needed? Is this something that you would want? Do you want a better or a different way to sell digital products? Uh, and there was a lot of validation that came from that. Uh, that just showed me that there was some need for it. Right. Um, it's funny, um, just when you, while you're talking here about, um, you know, you're looking at the other systems that are out there and you're just not happy or they're not quite fitting for you. I can totally relate to that. And it reminds me of a quote um, from Sean Inman. You know who Sean Inman is? He's a, uh, name sounds familiar. He's a, he's a developer. Uh, he used to be, he does a haveamint.com and f Fever app. Um, okay. Anyway, he's a PHP developer. Um, and he's been around for quite some time. And, and a, like a designer too, I guess you, you would call him. Anyway, his, his quote is awesome. It's uh, never met a wheel. I didn't want to reinvent Psy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I think it's very applicable. Um, everybody has their own specific wants and needs. And there's a lot of great systems out there for everything that you can imagine, but not one of them is perfect for every use case. No, it's um, true. Was and at it, the time, like even when building these, like there were good options out there. They just yeah. didn't fit what I wanted. Yeah. So the other, the options out there, my guess would be that they didn't really serve digital downloads. Great. Is is that why? That was, yeah. That was a lot. A lot of it. Like so, at the time, EDD started before WooCommerce forked JiggleShop. So at the time, it was it was JiggleShop that we were looking at as one of the other main e-commerce. It was JiggleShop and WP Commerce were the main ones. Mm -hmm. um, and JiggleShop had, a, I felt, a very severe limitation in that you could only sell one file. You couldn't add multiple files to a product. Right. Um, WP Commerce, on the other hand, um, it was, that was when it was just starting to turn around. So it's got a bit more of a rocky history. Um, now it's, it's doing really, really great things now, and the team behind it is doing really awesome things. But at the time, it was still kind of in that in that limbo period where WordPress leg was, was evolving. Stuff, right? What was that? There's a lot of legacy stuff still. There's a lot of legacy, but it was also like WP Commerce was built on top of uh, pre-post types and things like that. And so there was a lot of really kind of janky systems that they had to put in place to make things work. Mm -hmm. Whereas we had new systems like JiggleShop and WooCommerce and Shop coming around that were able to do things in more elegant fashions mm -hmm. um, because right. they were newer. Um, and so at the time I wasn't, I wasn't really looking at that. They did digital downloads pretty well, hmm. but they had other legacy parts uh, that were causing difficulties. Right. So if you want to extend it and stuff, it would be a little bit of a pain yep. uh, or maybe a big pain. <laughs> yeah. Depending yeah. on what it was. Yeah, exactly. Um, how about you? Like for, for W3 Migrate DB Pro, um, was it some of scratching your own itch? Did you just see a pain point in the community? Where did you get the validation for the product itself? And then I think after, um, maybe after that, we should jump into like at validating business models for them. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I was working at an agency uh, in Vancouver uh, and we started, just started doing WordPress sites because uh, we're, you know, kind of experimenting with a bunch of different CMSs and, 
just started uh, doing WordPress and I was running, running into the problem of having to move a site from my dev environment to staging and then staging to production. I'd have to, sometimes I'd have to do this multiple times a day, right? Because, you know, we had content editors in house and, you know, if I finished a feature, I'd have to get it up there so that they could, you know, use the feature to add the content. Um, so it was just, uh, scratch your own itch and I told it was not a business idea or anything like that it was this was a little tool I built to make my life you know easier and I just threw it up on .org and just kind of haphazardly and it just sat there for like a few years <laughs> you know and and it just kind of developed a, a following because other people started to appreciate um, that it solved that problem for them it's not like I didn't even market it or tell anyone about it. it. Just it just sat there and people just stumbled on it through. Search. So that's kind of the like the accidental business where you build something uh, with no intention of turning it into a business, and then you realize that just simply by people expressing their interest and their need for it, you realize there's a business behind it. Yes, absolutely. I I kind of got the sense that it, it had a, a loyal following uh, mm -hmm. because this is before there was reviews on .org, so there's only. Uh, ratings, right? So right. You, I really didn't have, like people's voices weren't being heard, so I, I didn't really know besides like the support forum. Uh, but it's a pretty simple plugin, so there wasn't a lot of support issues. Uh, but I just kind of had the sense that it was doing pretty well. So I put like a, a form in the sidebar of the plugin and asked people, you know, pro version question mark and asked people if they would be willing for these extra features uh, to pay pay a price for it and i've i've collected 800 or 800 300 uh email addresses and uh, how much they'd be willing to pay and that kind of thing and it seemed like people were willing and so it kind of that's where that was that's how i validated it as a potential business um that's awesome and, and are you doing the same thing with the new acf plugin that you're working on was that kind of validated in the same way I'm doing exactly the same thing, yeah. Uh, nice. The only thing I'm not doing this time is uh, asking extra questions for, for like how much they'd be willing to pay or not. Like they just they just sign up for the the mailing list about the pro version if they're interested. Because um, I I have a I have a good feeling already that people are willing to pay for it, so I don't I don't feel like I need that extra information this time sure. around. Um, and uh, I plan to do that again. I plan to use the same kind of process repeatedly um, in the future, kind of put a, put a free plugin up to see how it does uh, and then and then uh, collect user feedback to see if if they're willing to pay for I think it's a gr I think it's a great way to both validate new plugins but also to validate features within plugins. Um, we've done it a few times for um, actually, I've done it in Restricted Content Pro and Easy Digital Downloads and Affiliate WP and others where like we'll have this plugin um, or this feature that we built either as just like a code snippet that somebody can use or we built it as a plugin on .org and released it for free. And then just kind of see how people use it and mm. kind of validates the idea of, well, maybe we'll go ahead and put this into the core plugin or maybe we will maybe we'll flesh this this feature out a little bit more and, and actually build it as opposed to just kind of a here's a little pseudo version of it. Right. So actually make like an add-on or something that, yeah. that flushes it out. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally, I totally agree with that. I also, we tend to just kind of uh, listen to our support 
like if we get the same question over and over again or you know the same request for a feature over and over and over again we those ones kind of just bubble up and stick in your mind so we yeah, don't we don't even keep track of them right because it's kind of like a natural filter right mm-hmm. your brain just kind of remembers oh jesus i heard that last week and i heard that the week before you know you kind of just know you know the ones that are, are top of mind Absolutely. So like for us, an example would be like our front end submissions extension for EDD, which allow is for like creating a vendor marketplace so that the vendors can have their own dashboard for managing products and orders and such. Um, and we have an Amazon S3 extension, um, right. which since, since you've done some, some uh, Amazon stuff, you know that it's widely used. A lot of people really want Amazon S3. Well, right. what we didn't have is we did not have support for using our Amazon S3 plugin with front-end submissions and like every week we would just get tickets in the form that says do these two work together can i use this one oh i need a refund because i didn't realize that these two didn't work together oh yeah and it was just very apparent that like we needed to build support in between them yeah um and otherwise and you, you're do. just gonna have to keep fielding those questions i mean there's motivation yeah, over and over and over again <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's it's i like going that route the, i used to think that uh like i know user voice i think it is that you, where you can like have like yes. a features board and, and have people vote up features um, and that kind of thing. I used to think that was a good idea, but then I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's better just to kind of listen because the problem is that sets expectations, right? It's a Absolutely. public list, and then people think that you know just that's because why we it, don't do roadmaps. Yes, that's why I don't do roadmaps either because it might we might decide in the future that's a bad idea, right? Let me like, let me clarify that. That's why we don't do public roadmaps. Yes. Yes. Uh, because there's nothing worse. Well, maybe there's a, there are not many things worse than having a feature that's been roadmapped. Say this is coming later this year, and getting tons and tons of votes for it, and people really want it, and then be like, "Sorry, guys, this is not happening." Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I made the mistake when uh, I redesigned the features page of MigrateDB Pro. Made the mistake of putting uh, "coming soon." a multi-site tools add on there and you know people that was i must have redesigned like eight months ago or something right i i saw that one and i got really excited yeah and lots of people did and yeah. so you know every once in a while we get uh, an email saying you know when's that coming you said soon yeah. <laughs> and i i you know soon is very vague um and, and subjective we've had a we've had a release coming soon for six months yeah. and it's still a couple of months out yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's I, that's why that's the other thing I why I hate giving dates because you know things yep. take longer than expected even when yeah. you allow. For I, buck, I have buck a I have a ticket right now that just sticks in my mind where we we have an update for an extension coming out, uh, and it's been coming it's been like ready almost ready to go for like three months, and every time we go back and forth between the developer of the of the extension and uh, the customers that want the feature. And they're like, hey, is any update on this? Yep, it'll be up by the end of the week. <laughs> Seven weeks later, it'll be out by the end of the month. Two right. months later, uh, it might be out by the end of the month. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, it, I mean, I hate doing that. Like, I feel bad when I do Oh, that. yeah. So that's why I don't do it. I just try not to do it anymore. I think it just goes to show that it's good to try and avoid setting hard dates or setting those kinds of expectations. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want, I don't, I wouldn't want to encourage anyone just to like, to not tell people features are coming, 
because that's right. that's a great way to help build up excitement for a product and to help build, especially when you do follow through with those features. Um, but yeah. they are very easy to kind of get yourself into a trap. Yeah. I, I mean, here's an example. Uh, just yesterday, someone was asking about scheduling, scheduling migrations. And I told them they could do it with the CLI add-on and a cron job, right? But we were considering building a UI so that you could schedule migrations through the plugin. But just considering <laughs> not there's no date, we, it's not even, you know, scheduled to like to start working on it. We haven't even scheduled that yet. So, you know, just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, it's an idea. Yeah, it's, it's in the idea phase. It's <laughs> Until yeah. there is sufficient code actually written to like show a demo, I don't really consider a feature to be going in. <laughs> no, exactly. So let's jump over and talk a little bit about business models now. So we've covered a bit of business validation, um, business and just kind of like development validation of should you do this? How about for you, how do you validate how you're going to sell your plugin? Like, so when you're building WP Migrant Pro or as you're building the new ACF plugin um, and, and other, other plugins that you may release in the future, how are you um, validating how you want to sell it. Do you want to do a free version with paid add-ons? Do you want only a commercial version, light and a pro? Yeah. So oh, what do you do? So yeah, those are the three the three different models that are pretty common in the WordPress space. So you have like so like easy digital downloads. You have like a free uh, core plugin, and then you, the all the add-ons are paid. Well, not all the add-ons. Most of the add-ons are paid. There's some free ones out there too, but. Um, and then there's another, another model would be just, just paid. So example of that would be backup buddy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't believe they have a free version of that, right? They do not. Yes. So that's a good example. Uh, and then a light version and a pro upgrade, that would be like, like our plugin migrate DB pro. Uh, we have a free version in the repo and then we upgrade, you can upgrade to the pro, uh, for extra features and stuff. Uh, and we have add-ons, but they're like. They're part of, like, if you pay more, like if you get the second package up, then you get right. access to the add-ons. I think you're using the same model uh, for affiliate WP, right? Yes, we're using the same add-ons model where if you buy a higher license, you get the pay, you get these extra add-ons. We don't sell them individually, but we do not have a free version. Ah, so you don't have the free version. Oh, I didn't know that actually. There's no free affiliate WP. Yes, I guess I should have. With the exception of GitHub. Yes. Okay. Because it's on a public repo. Right, right, right. Um, so, I guess what I did initially for for this is I I looked at one of the most successful plugins out there that I admired, which was Rock uh, Gravity Forms. Mm -hmm. Right, and I just said that's what I'm gonna do. It seems to be working for them. <laughs> right. I mean, that's not. I thought. I think that approach is pretty good. Pretty good way to go. Right. If you haven't done it before. You know, look at someone that's succeeding and, and see if, and if it makes sense, you know, go with that. Absolutely. Um, and so that's that's really what I did. It wasn't when it wasn't anything magical. Um, what about you? How did how did you uh, decide on the, the model you did for EDD? Uh, so EDD, uh, which is the only model, the only plugin I've done that way. It's the only one. So EDD, the core plugin is free and then there are paid upgrades for it which are the add-ons, so things like payment gateways and stuff like that. Um, I think I did it for two reasons. One, because because WooCommerce was doing it, 
and right. Jigu Shop was doing it, and they both appear to be doing very well. And to me, it seemed like the model made sense for an e-commerce plugin. Um, I think one of the reasons it made sense, and I still think it does, is because an e-commerce plugin is going to have far more add-ons than just about any other plugin out there. Not like you can you can look at something like Gravity Forms uh, or Ninja Forms or any other form plugin or a bunch of other different types of plugins and be like, yes, they can have a ton of add-ons. There's tons of little add-on features you can build for them, but they're not things that you would market commercially a lot of times. Um, whereas an e-commerce plugin, on the other hand, you have a hundred payment processors that you're going to integrate with. Right. Um, if you're building up because there's so many payment processors around the world, you're going to integrate with every newsletter system. You're going to integrate with uh, a bunch of different affiliate marketing systems. You're going to integrate with all sorts of different things like that, CD <coughs> CDNs, et cetera. Um, and so I think an e-commerce inherently plays better to having um, paid add-on, the paid add-on model, right. simply because there are a lot more features that people need that are much more difficult to build into a core plugin. Like, sure, you can you could build an e-commerce plugin that has Stripe and PayPal and Authorize.net, et cetera, all in core. But if you really want to start building out a why of um, a system that a wider audience can use, you have to do a lot more than that. Um, while the majority of people use Stripe, there are still a huge number of people that use smaller payment processors around the world. Right. Um, so is the advantage there uh, by making the core free, you're inviting, you know, a bigger army of developers to help you out in, 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 uh... I think that, I think that's one argument for it. Mm -hmm. um, another is you, uh, and and whether this actually works or not, I think this is one of the one of the ways that you can look at it uh, is that by providing a free one, you make it very easy for someone to jump on and try it. And then once you have convinced them that it is a good system that they want to use, it's easier to get money out of them as right. opposed to just uh, putting up a paid version that is going to immediately shut off a ton of people. Mm. Um, which is, I think it's, it's one of the same reasons why uh, a lot of services like subscription services will say your first month is free because it gives you that no risk option. You can try it. If it doesn't work, you cancel and you don't pay anything. Yeah. Um, I think there are definitely cases where that does not really apply or doesn't work out as well as we want to think it does. But I think it is, it is still a benefit. Um, it also, it, it opens up our, our immediate audience. Um, just the traffic from like .org alone is enormous. Right. What, what are the, like, what are the downsides of that model that you've, that you felt with, with EDD? Um, nickel and diming is one of the biggest ones that we see every now and then, uh, where somebody just says, Hey, I really want to use this, but suddenly I realized that I need this add on and 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 suddenly I'm paying $500. Right. Right, right. Which is very easy to do. Uh, and it's, I don't know that it's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, as, as a business, it's a good thing when that person does make that commitment. But if we were to bundle all of those features into the core plugin, would we have priced it at $500? Probably not. Right. Uh, and so it is very, it's, it's easy for someone to look at it that way and not be very happy with it. Um, it also, may, um, outside of that, it makes it complicated. Uh, Going to a site and saying 200 different upgrades that they can purchase is overwhelming. Uh, right. Like go to the extension store of EDD or WooCommerce or any other um, plugin that is an add-on model that has a large number of add-ons 
and it's going to be difficult for you to figure out what you need. Some people know when they go to the store that they know they need Stripe so they can find Stripe and get it. Some people are going, they don't know what they need yet. Uh, mm, and it can right. be very difficult and overwhelming. Um, and, and I think that's, they, I think that's a huge downside to it. Right. And if they have like some payment processor that, you know, <laughs> that's obscure, they probably don't even, there's probably no extension for that. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that would be a problem regardless, yeah. <laughs> no matter what system. And, and I think that's, that's one of the really, um, where a model like what you're using or gravity forms uses, or we use for affiliate WP really shines because there is no question about what you buy. I mean, it's, it's a question of, are you going to buy or are you not? Right. Um, right. As opposed to, do I need this? Do I need this? Do I need this? Do I need this? Well, maybe I want that one too. Right. Um, it's something, it's a much, if we look at trends in e-commerce, we know uh, there's a lot of studies that have been done that show the longer it takes someone to decide on a purchase, the more likely they are to abandon it. Right. And, and so, and the more options they have, the longer it takes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Which so, it makes things difficult. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest downsides from it. Yeah. Um, so um, the other model that we have, um, which we've touched on briefly, so like with um, WP Mag or DB Pro, you have a free version and then you have the paid upgrade. Yeah. Um, and now let's look at Affiliate P, for example. That one has no free version. It's only a paid upgrade. Mm -hmm. um, I think that one of the downsides to that uh, is people come to you and say, hey, is there a free version that I can try or is there a demo that I can try or something like that? Yeah. Now, we don't do it. We don't have a demo. Uh, we used to. We found out it actually decreased our sales, which was kind of interesting. Right. Um, do you, If but, people ask for it, though, is it still around? Can they get no, to it? No, it is not around. Uh, okay. We disabled it completely. So what do you do when people ask for a demo? We have a 30-day refund policy. Ah. If it doesn't work, we, no questions asked, here's your money back. Yep. And so, so that's our answer to, I want a free trial. Well, okay, purchase it. If it doesn't work, here's a refund. Right. There, still... There's still people that battle that and they're like, well, no, I want a free trial. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, we, we do the same. We have the same thing and uh, we have a, like a 60-day, I think it's 60 or 90. I, I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, a money back guarantee, you know, no questions asked. And so, yeah, give us your money first that if you don't like it, then we'll give you your money back. No yep. problem. Um, I find that works pretty well. Uh, it has for us anyhow. Uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it works really well. Um, it's also actually a really, I think it's a great, uh, sales pitch. Um, yeah. just putting up there that says, look, you may, even if you're not sure it's okay, because you can purchase it as a risk-free. Yes, exactly. Take the risk out of the purchase, and it makes all the the buying decision a lot a lot easier. Um, here's here's a I'm going to bring up some a new topic here. Um, what about so it's very common in the WordPress space to do uh, a year of updates and support that come with the purchase. And then after that year, they have to renew to continue receiving updates and support. That's, mm -hmm. that's pretty much the golden standard across uh, WordPress products now. Yes. And it's also common uh, that after that year, when it comes time for their renewal, they have to manually uh, renew. So they have to either put in their credit card info again, or maybe it's stored again, but they have to hit a button somewhere that, that you know, says, oh. yes, I want to renew. 
that's yep. i mean that's i haven't seen too many people doing automatic renewals what do you Actually, what do you think about automatic renewals uh and is it a do you think it would be a bad idea to implement them i think it's a phenomenal idea and here's i'll give you a simple number to why so a good idea <laughs> i think it's a great idea yeah um our renewal rate i don't know what our renewal rate is but it's not it's not upwards of 50 percent right it's let's put it somewhere between 20 and 30 percent at the moment um great do you know what i know the renewal rate for somebody who does recur automatic recurring their renewal rate is 88 percent wow okay problem solved like that <laughs> that's all you have to look at yeah. um so one of the reasons that I've always been kind of opposed to doing recurring payments for it, things like that is we look at it and say, well, people are going to not realize that they're renewing because people don't read. Mm -hmm. um, and then they're going to ask for a refund and your refund rate is going to go up. Who cares if your refund rate doubles? Yeah. Because your, your, your renewal rate quadrupled. It's still um, ahead. Yeah. yeah, it's still ahead. So it's actually something that we're going to be looking at implementing pretty soon. I think the thing I was most concerned about when I was first starting out and decided to just do what everybody else, because I, like my, the business I had before that was recurring and we did automatic, uh, automatic billing. Uh, it was web hosting, right? And mm -hmm. so it was really odd to me that you wouldn't <laughs> do automatic billing, but I just kind of went with the flow and, and, did what everyone else was doing um, and the main reason I was concerned was chargebacks so what can happen is if they see a charge on their card and they don't put you know they don't realize that it's you know for this plug-in sure right because like you said people don't read their emails sometimes um, and they so they wouldn't know that that this was gonna happen uh, they may call the credit card company and say I didn't do this I didn't I didn't, uh, this isn't a charge that I authorized. And so the credit card company just doesn't, no questions asked. Like it will not call us as business owners. They'll just charge right. it back and charge. And, the, and then our They're bank. Expensive. Will, oh yeah. It's $75 uh, yeah. that the, the bank will charge you to process that or the credit card company. I can't remember. Somebody. And th that is definitely a, a negative. I think what you, you then have to try and figure out is does that cost you more? Yeah. Or, which one is better in the long run? Higher refund rate, higher uh, chargeback rate, or higher renewals? Like, do they do they balance out? Is it a, is it a moot point, or is one still significantly better? Unfortunately, the only way to know is to actually do it. Yeah, I think so. uh, I would like to see more of that being done. Uh, so not not just blindly, you know, opting in people to automatic billing, but but like doing it right. You know, mm -hmm. having a checkbox maybe on your order form that right. opts them in or, or, you know, something that, you know. Our, what, we, what we're thinking of doing here in, in the near future, I mean, sometime within the next year, because it takes a while to put in place, uh, is we're going to add, we're going to make all purchases recurring probably. And then on the checkout, there will be an option to opt out of it. So we will not require it, but it will be just be like, look, do you want to make your renewals easier? Go ahead and opt into automatic renewals. Yes. Yeah. That's or opt out of automatic renewals. Yes. I think it's better to opt out than opt in. Okay. Might just just, just from a conversion point, um, right. I, you're going to get far more subscriptions if you have people opt out instead of opt in. Yes. So basically the checkbox would be checked and they'd have to uncheck it. 
That's correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly. That's what I would do as well. Yeah. So I'm hoping to do it sometime in the near future. Um, yeah, just after same. after talking to somebody who it, they run a WordPress product, um, and having them tell me that their conversion rate, I mean their their renewal rate jumped to eighty eight percent was just mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes sense. I don't know. I don't know why it's not more prevalent. Uh, I think it's. I mean, it's. Uh, we're gonna have to do a lot of work to get that running. <laughs> I think that's probably the reason most people don't do it. Because um, it's you know a bunch of changes to your systems, right? Yep. Um, yeah, and the, <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually we'll probably do it on affiliate WP first because it's significantly easier to do when you have one product than when you have two hundred products. Right. Like it's a little bit difficult to do on EDD because, um, so. If we do it, our plan is to actually allow them to have a subscription for each individual product. Right. Which means that somebody might have 20 subscriptions on the site. Right. Another thing I would like which is to, kind of tricky. to see more of, I think, in the WordPress space is monthly monthly uh, billing, like for higher higher plans, like uh, higher priced plans, uh-huh. One, ones that would be, you know, maybe $15 a month and up. Um, you know, I think, I think a hundred, like a $200 package i think comes to around that uh if you break it down yeah it's, so it's six if you yeah so if the product's 199 it would be about 16 dollars per month um and i mean if you look at some of the sasses out there like help scout for example they charge 15 dollars per month per user uh a lot of them have that that same price point so i again i, I don't know why in the wordpress space this it's just not even, you know, no one's offering it as an option or very, very few people. Right. So I would like to see that. But again, very complicated with regards to the billing system <laughs> and upgrading and downgrading people between plans on monthly billing. It's, it's one of those where difficult. Stripe makes things very easy. But just because the Stripe API makes it easy does not mean that your e-commerce system makes it very easy already. Yeah, exactly. So again, yeah. A lot more, a lot of work to the e-commerce system to get that working. I think. Yep. But I like the idea. One of the reasons that I, I really like having three main products, so that'd be Restrict Content Pro, Affiliate P, and EDD, is that each one has a slightly different model and allows me to kind of explore and play and see firsthand how each one performs. Hmm. I will tell you right now, my favorite model is the Pro only with uh, additional upgrades included for free at higher licenses. Right. So, the so that'd affiliate... be your model and affiliate OP, your model minus the free version. Right. Right. So wh- why why minus the free version? What's the... Well, honestly, I think it depends on your product. Um, for affiliate WP, I think, it, I think it would actually hurt us if we did a free version. Really? Um, because I think there's a lot of people that would just be like, you know, the, the basic features are fine for me. Right. Um, now, the, the flip side of that is that we, it might give us a lot more traffic because it would be in WordPress.org, which has significant traffic, et cetera. Um, but I guess you could argue there that, you know, how many people are actually searching for an affiliate software solution in the WordPress.org repo? I think there's a lot. You think so? Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of affiliate programs in .org already. Okay. And, well, um, and, yeah. I, and they, have, they have significant downloads, that's for sure. Okay. Um, but the reason why I think ours works really well without it is because 
the people that are looking for an affiliate program uh, already have an e-commerce shop or already have a membership site. So what they're looking for instead is they're looking for something that works with that product. So they're going to Google or they're going to their product's website. So like woothemes.com, for example, and we're listed there. Um, and so that's how a lot of people are finding us is because they're looking for something that already works with theirs. Now, MigrateDB and DB Pro, for example, don't work quite that way. You're not being, you don't have people coming to you from another product. You have people coming to you from a consultant or an agency or something like that, uh, which so there's, there's kind of some similarities there. Mm-hmm. Um, but our customers are, they're purchasing us because we integrate with their system already. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Kind of rambled there, so, but I, so a big, I think that makes a sense. Big, uh, so one of your major leads uh, is from integrations, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's and that's really and that would probably hurt you uh, if you had a free version because it would just be too basic or uh, the basic version would be enough for most people or a lot of people. Yeah, I think it would be I think it would be enough for most people. Right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And, so, and and because we're we're running uh, an affiliate system, um, most people that are looking for an affiliate system don't have a problem paying paying for a product uh, because they're running an e-commerce store. And while there's a lot of people that are still iffy about spending money on a on a product if they can get it for free. There's a higher percentage of people that are going to be okay paying for a product uh, in the e-commerce and membership world than say in your in your customer base or your user base because they're already working they're already using the system to try and make money. Right. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Well, should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. Uh, this, I think this is a good opportunity, though, for anybody um, who has experimented with their own business models, has established one, or is trying to establish one, trying to decide on one. Love to hear feedback uh, or questions or, or anything tr- that you guys some have. Tricks about business validation would be cool too. Like, what, what, how you have you researched a certain idea and and decided on it being a good one or a bad one? Um, I think it'd be awesome to hear if anybody has like a model that failed and then they used a different one and that one succeeded Hearing that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would be very interesting. Cool. Well, All thanks right. for chiming in everyone. Thanks everybody.